Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? Hope you're all doing fantastic. Ferret64 is, of course, the one-stop shop for all your video game needs, whether it be uh, first impressions, reviews, video game news, occurrences, and, of course, what's coming soon. Thank you, everyone, who came by the live stream last week. Uh, instead of doing a normal podcast where I was, like, in control of everything, um, of course, uh, we, we we went live. We did it live, and we had fun with that. Um, congratulations to the winner of the video game that we gave away, and thank you to everyone who came by. If you want to check out that VOD, it is available on my YouTube channel, my official YouTube channel, Yummy the Ferret. Uh, and then also you can check it out on this podcast network, the Fair 64 network, um, you just have to go back one episode at this point. And, yeah, next week, next week, uh, probably not going to do any, like, news or anything like that because the, 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 the biggest podcast of the year is coming around. That's right, the top 10 games of 2022. Uh, that, that podcast and video will be released on the 14th of January, that is Saturday, next Saturday. Uh, we are going to be doing a live reaction to it, even though I'll already know the list order. Uh, there's a bunch of people who are in the competition for guessing my game of the year and also guessing um, as many games in my top 10 list as they, can, as they can correctly and in the right place. So that is really exciting. We're getting to it. We're getting to it, folks. Um, I'm very excited to finally get that out. I've, I've had it. I've had it lot. You know, I've had that top 10 list ready to go for quite some time. I had to make a small change the last week, but uh, other than that, it's it's locked. It's been locked in for the better half of a month now. Um, but yeah, thank you uh, everyone who came by to the the live stream though. That was very very nice to see everyone. Um, but enough about that. Enough of the sappy shit. Let's get into uh, what I've been playing this past week. We're going to start off with a video game review. Woo! Haven't done one of those in a while. Ah, well, I guess I kind of do those every <laughs> every stream. Actually, actually, I, I just did a huge review of Little Gator Game in the last episode, so I guess it hasn't been that long. Wow, I'm the master of transitions, aren't I? So, uh, the game I want to talk about is a game that came out, I think it was like 2013 or 2014, and it's called Concrete Genie. It was free from the PlayStation Plus collection. And I was just kind of like scrolling through there seeing, you know, what games I hadn't played in the collection. And I was like, oh, well, here's Final Fantasy. Yeah, not really a fan of that. Ah, Concrete Genie. Which has been a game that's been on PlayStation Plus. It's been on the collection service, like I said. It's a VR game. It's VR compatible. Uh, I did not play it in VR because you will not catch me dead trying to set up the PS VR 1 ever again probably at this point <laughs> um i'm just waiting on that psvr2 baby um but yeah i mean concrete genie you can play it without the vr uh headset it's it's probably not going to be as like 3d i guess you could say because what you do in the game is you essentially run around this town and you paint the walls with 
with with just designs. You know, there's like Aurora Borealis and stars and butterflies and flowers and trees and mountains and snow and rain and lightning and sun and whatever. And then also you design and create these little creatures called genies uh, who live on the walls and you can interact with them and do stuff uh, and have them manipulate stuff in the environment. And, you know, the game started out and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of digging this, you know, creating my little guys, doing little puzzle solving things, dodging the bullies who are after you. Um, because that's, that's like the main antagonist of the first part of the game is like these bully characters who, if they catch you, they'll, they'll like beat you up <laughs> and they'll take your stuff and you got to go get it, you know, um, and you can like distract them and, and stuff like that to move them out of the way. Which I thought was fun, you know. I was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty." You know, it's not like a, it's not like this grandiose thing. You know, it's just you, Ash. You're the character Ash, and you're trying to bring some color and life back to this town that you grew up in, um, but you've moved away from. But you you constantly go back because you're drawn to the to the city or whatever this town. Um, and you know, these kids are kind of stuck there. They're kind of rambunctious. Obviously, they all have their troubled past that you learn about. And I was, I was, I was digging it. You know, we got to a point where the, where the, the character was like, oh, if I just do this one thing, then that's it. And I'm like, oh, is this the end of the game already? No, it, technically it was not the end of the game, but it was the end of when I was enjoying the game, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, once you reach the midway point, the game stops being like this fun, colorful adventure and like all, I mean, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but I, I mean, this is like a six year old game at this point. Um, all the genies kind of turn evil because you touch this, like, substance that turns things evil. I don't know. And essentially, you're trying to save the kids, and in doing so, the kids are like, oh, we're friends with you now. And, uh, yeah, you essentially, you know, you take out all the, the, the genies, you make them good again by cleaning the goop off of them. And, like, the combat in the game was just very stiff. It wasn't very satisfying. Uh, I think the one thing that was satisfying was you got this, like, running ability where you could, like, slide across the, the ground using the paintbrush. Uh, but other than that, I found the second half of the game to be very ma tedious, monotonous, and annoying. And I also did not like how they... I mean, you know, when you do these kind of stories where it's like you have, you have a bully character and they are... I mean, they're doing terrible things to this Ash character. I mean, at one point, they uh, they they kick him in the stomach, they break his paintbrush, right? And you go, wow, these characters are practically irredeemable at this point. Um, but you know, it does that trope of like, oh, they get in trouble, and now we have to go save them. And as soon as you save them, they're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's fine, we're all friends now. And yeah, they all just kind of become friends through this like very tragic event, which I feel like. If you're going for a, if you're going for a story that you want a you know kids to play and maybe they're being bullied at school, the I I in my personal opinion as being someone who was bullied all through elementary school and into middle school, the worst the worst advice that I ever got was from my mother, bless her soul, and she said you know when they start to pick on you, ask them if they want to be friends with you. <laughs> That is, and that is essentially what this game does. It says, "Oh, the bullies are picking on you. They kicked you in the stomach and broke your shit." Ask them if you want to be friends. 
And I was like, this is a terrible message. This is like the this is the worst message ever. If you're being picked on and bullied in school, go to an adult, go to your teacher, go to whoever, you know, an adult. Don't don't try to don't try to solve things yourself because that won't solve anything. Actually, a lot of times it makes things worse if you try and solve it on your own. You want to know what happened when I asked the bullies to be friends with me? They weren't. They did not want to be friends with me. Guess what? And it got worse. So I I don't like the message of the game being oh if you help the bullies they'll just become your friends if you if you save them from a life and death situation they will just become your friends and it's like what what is this you know you had you had the chance to make this story be something that wasn't so bombastic and spectacular. Yes, you could still have conflict in there with, like, the bad genies. But have, like, the bullies and this Ash character kind of, uh, I don't know, become friends through other means, you know? Have have them give, you know, be given forgiveness through other means rather than a life-and-death situation because, I mean, that's not how it's going to work in real life, let's be honest here. And I I think that this game should have done that. Uh, I mean, obviously... The second half of the game is is all around just kind of, like, weak, in my opinion. You know, like I said, with the combat and, like, the little battles you do with the genies. But that first half of the game, like, I really thought the game was going in a, diff- a different direction. I mean, you know, they zoom out, and, the, and you see the entire town, this, like, island town or peninsula town, whatever you want to call it. And there's buildings, and I'm like, oh, wow, we're going to paint this entire town, aren't we? We're going to go to that clock tower. We're going to go to that Ferris wheel or whatever. And essentially, you have like four areas to go to. Uh, one of them being the lighthouse, which is has nothing. Um, then there's the power plant and some streets and and the sewers, and that's pretty much it. And it's unfortunate because I was I was really digging the game at that point. I, when I thought that the game was going to take you into the the city. And you can start painting the city, and maybe you start, you know, making people feel better with your paintings, and maybe the bullies come around because they, you know, they they realize that you're not that different from them after all, or whatever, you know. But no, I mean, you, you go into this big whole bombastic bout with with the big evil genie, and I just, I just, I just think that it was a little bit too much, and for that, that reason. Um, you know, I got to give it a three out of five. It was it was a game that had so much potential. I was enjoying it, and then it just fumbled that second half uh, of the experience, and that's really unfortunate because um, I can see where there's a lot of there's a lot of potential here. I mean, painting your own like creations and making your own genies was really fun. You know, you put the pieces, you you find the pages around in the open environment, right? And um, you know, sometimes you'll find like a tail piece or ears or, um, uh, I don't know, just different things to put on the genie. Okay, that's 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 really it. And you can kind of create them how you want to. You can you can draw them upside down. You can draw them long ways. You can drive the you can draw them vertically like nor like they want you to. You can make them be little small like just faces with arms and legs. You can do so much with this stuff. And then like all these little painting things that you can get to put on walls. They they they're all interactable with the genies. Some of them want different things. So you put like an apple on the screen and he'll throw the apple to another genie or they'll pick up like a, a lily pad and use it as an umbrella if it's raining, you know, stuff like that. It's all, it's, that's all great. That's all very, very good. 
And if they just stuck to that, stuck to their guns, fleshed that out, made it be a little bit more than what it is, I think that this experience would have been fantastic. I think it would have been so much better. Um, but from where from where it stands, you know, halfway through the game, it just it just takes a really deep, uh, a really steep nosedive into something that I was not expecting and I did not want, you know. And that's just me personally. Obviously, other people can have their own opinions, but I just feel like, you know, if you're going to put a combat system into a game like this where you're playing as a kid with a paintbrush, make the art be the way you fight the monsters. Don't make it be like press square for this attack, triangle for this attack, and O for this attack, and they just do different things, right, in, in, in like a 3D area. No, have me painting things in the 3D environment. You know, really utilize like that 3D effect that the VR would have if you were if you were wearing the in the headset. You know, you know, make allow me to like you know set up these battle arenas so that I can draw rain. Maybe maybe the enemy's a fire type, <laughs> genie. Draw some rain, have it put out the fire, and then you can then you can do something else. Trap it in vines or you know uh, trap it into into a cage or something like that you know do something more imaginative than just okay press square to do this attack this fire attack press triangle to do lightning attack press o to do wind attack and then you know the enemy will have like a blue shield or a yellow shield or a red shield around them and that's pretty much it and then you walk slowly towards them and turn them into a good genie again it's just one of those things it's like you could have really done something really cool here um but instead you decide to make something that was lackluster and honestly just annoying, really. Um, so yeah, that's why I give it a three out of five. I, th I definitely think that it could have been a lot better. I I, I sh probably should have played this game on stream so that it would be more like, here we are, we're, we're playing Concrete Genie on stream because I really do think that that first half of the game and I guess the end of the game because after it all, you can kind of free roam and do your own thing. So I guess that's not too bad either. But the problem is when you when you're in the free roam in the in the town, it's it's daytime, <laughs> and it, everything looks so much better at nighttime. You know, it's just it's kind of funny how they did that. It's kind of funny how they did that. So you know, if you want like a you if you want a game that's at least has some interesting things going on, it's it's probably worth playing this one. I mean, it's it's free a part of that collection. And I believe it was free on PlayStation Plus at one time. So if you have it in your library, I do suggest trying it out, you know. Um, another thing that kind of like really was annoying was the load times in the game. I'm running this game on my PS5. And it's still loaded like it ran. It was running on my original PS4. I just, I, I think that Sony needs to give this game a little bit of love. Give it a little bit of an update for like the next gen consoles, you know. You don't need to make a whole new next gen version. Although if they do a PSVR two version of this game, I'd probably play it again. Um, but at this point, uh, you know, with how with how with how disappointed I was in the second half, I don't see myself going back to it. But I think there's enough things going for it that makes it worth at least playing once. And if you're not liking, and it's a short enough game too, it's like, okay, you're not liking the second half, well, it only lasts for like an hour or two, you know. Uh, same thing with the first half. The first half is only like an hour or two, and then you go into the second half, and it's like an hour or two, so it's like a four or five hour game. Plus, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people say, hey, if you want a easy platinum trophy that can be done in a couple hours, you know, this game is also good for trophy hunting if you're one of those types of people, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, there's some collectibles to find in the environment, some things to do, some secrets to find, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't, I mean, I, I wasn't digging it enough to 
go back and do that stuff. All right, that's Concrete Genie. Hopefully that was a pretty good review of that. I'm not trying to sell the game to anyone. I'm just giving my honest thoughts, okay? I'm not trying to sell or dissuade anyone. I'm just giving my honest thoughts. All right, I'm sure there's one huge Concrete Genie fan who might be annoyed by that. All right, moving on. Uh, I played a little bit more of Frog Gun. Uh, this is a game that came out like back in April or something like that. And I kind of put it on the back burner because I was starting to not like the level design. And it just got worse and worse as the game went on. I did not finish it. I, I ended up uh, putting it on the... Uh, not, I'm not I'm not abandoning it because maybe I'll go back and try it again. But um, I, I shelved it for, for now. We'll see if that's for good. Um, yeah, I got to like the last batch of levels. And the platforming challenges were just becoming too annoying. It's, it's too hard to precisely aim the frog gun. <laughs> and it's, you know, the, I was really getting annoying with the soundtrack because it was like the same soundtrack on each level. And the character who you play as is annoying, sounds annoying. And there's a lot of level design later on in the game that just becomes more frustrating than, than fun. And I decide, you know what, instead of, instead of banging my head against a wall trying to get past this one level... I'm just going to put it on the back burner. I'm, I'm going to put it on the shelf, actually. and uh, Maybe I'll get back to it eventually. Maybe not. So, uh, Frog Gun, sorry, was not digging it. I, I, the, the beginning was fun. You know, the first, like, three or four worlds were were really fun. And I was really, you know, even though I was still... There were still some things that I was kind of, like, poo-pooing about. Like, the, the lack of, you know, a system that just takes you out of the water and puts you there with minus one health instead of putting you all the way back in the... A checkpoint. Uh, I, I thought it was good at the at the beginning, and uh, and then you know as it went on, kind of like Concrete Genie, I got less and less interested in it, and I decided, you know what, that's enough. We're good. We're good. Uh, another game that I was playing this past week, uh, played a lot more High on Life. Uh, I think that the uh, I think that the game is starting to lose a bit of its charm. I mean, I think I said that last time. But this time I really started to feel it. Uh, I'm I'm not really laughing as much as I was. And there's sections in the game where it's just like your sister talking to the alien guy who was slumming it in your house. And it's just like the most boring, mundane dialogue ever. Like the guy's like, oh, this this dude, he's a he's bad, he's bad. And then the, the girl's like, no, no, he's my boyfriend. I love him. And they do it, like, after every single Bounty Hunter mission, and it's, like, a 10 to 15-minute conversation, and I'm just sitting there, like, when is this supposed to be funny? When is this supposed to be interesting? Because this is just lame. <laughs> like, Justin Roiland writes all this dialogue for all these other characters, all these other moments, all these other whatevers, and in the moment after you you get back home, you're talking with your sister, and it's just the most boring shit ever. It really fucking is. And I'm like, come on. Why are, why? Why are we slowing the game down to a literal crawl? For what? Some character building? Not even? You know, all I'm thinking is there better be a huge payoff for this. At the end of all, uh, at the end of the game, I'm getting pretty close. I have three more bounties to do, and I think there's like the main, the you know, they have the final boss. 
So, yeah, I'm I'm working my way through it. At least there's still like some moments that I find that I still find funny. You know, um, there's this one section where like you can go in there, and if you're if you have the right if you have the right gun equipped, uh, you can become the boss of this little office space, and you can force the people working there to to um, murder each other, kiss each other, you know, do all these these weird things, and eventually they they all walk out on you but it was still like a really funny thing it's something that you could you could just pass up you 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 could just pass it up and not even realize it was there you know it's just a funniest little section and there are still things like that you know but there's also just a lot of like man i really wish that there was different enemies in this game you know i really wish that the game was adding some new enemy designs or new enemy types and man i i really do wish that i didn't have to sit through my sister's conversation with this dude that last 15 freaking minutes, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so, yeah, high on life. I'm still working through it. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then I also finished the Westport Independent, which is a game that you can get on GOG. And it's going to be delisted, uh, I think, by the end of the week here or, or by Monday. Uh, so that's why, I mean, I picked it up for like 90 cents and, you know, I, I play, I mean, it's like a really quick playthrough. You go through like 12 weeks of being an editor for a newspaper and essentially you can play the game in a couple of different ways. You know, you can be a loyalist and you can support your government, right? Uh, and obviously the government wants to censor bad press and all that stuff, you know, it's set up like a dictatorship. Uh, and, uh, so you, you, if you, if you, if you censor the wrong things, they could send you notes and be like, Hey, we're getting suspicious of you. And then also it'll affect the sales of your newspapers in different, in different areas. You, you, you send newspapers to four different areas and some of them are more loyal to the rebels who are trying to, to overthrow the government. And some are more loyal to the, you know, the, 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 the dictator. And you can actually sway their opinion by editing and, Change like in taking out different things from the newspaper, which I found to be pretty fun, pretty interesting. I should say, not really fun, but but interesting. You know, it was interesting. You know, so I did two runs of the game. One where I just kind of like, well, I, th- I guess I did three because there was one time where I just was publishing like the most rotten stories about the president, <laughs> and they immediately shut me down after like four weeks of being in business. Um, because you can change the um, you can change the headlines too. Like instead of it being like president makes speech at college campus and you can change it to be like you know president well i I don't remember exactly but like president makes speech at government funded re-education facility you know (laughs) stuff like that you know and there's there's another one where it's like oh you know you can change it to you know instead of it being like tobacco study reveals dangers you can be like tobacco study reveals healthy healthy side effects, you know, of, of smoking, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you, you actually can get interactions with like the little companies too inside the game. Like there's a, there's a, um, a celebrity you can write puff pieces about or slander pieces about. And he'll, then those, then the publicist will, or not the publicist, but their like manager will send you letters being like, Hey, this actually didn't happen this way. And blah, 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 blah. Um, there's also companies in the game. Like I said, that you can kind of like slander too. Like there's a construction company, Uh, you can, you can send, you can publish that they like build their buildings terribly and they can, they'll, they'll send you letters being like, what the fuck, you know? (laughs) And then, yeah, of course you don't want to anger El Presidente. Um, but you can do that pretty easily. 
Uh, yes, and, and essentially the game is, I mean, it's pretty much just like a, a censorship type game. You know, you go through it. There's this new law that was passed that like all newspapers and stuff need to be heavily censored and, you know, uh, and then, and of course gone over by an editor and, and, and erasing all the like the slanderous quote unquote uh, news stories, um, essentially ending free speech and all that. Um, so whichever way you want to play the game, you know, you, you get a few different endings in there. Um, so if you, if you decide to promote the government, you know, the rebel cause will be snuffed out and the ending is kind of more, I guess, not really happy, but you know, it's like, it's more, you know, it's more dictatorship ish. you know, people are just supportive of the government and each, each area, like I said, has their own meter. So you can sway opinions to make them like, you know, the government more. And then of course you can also sway them. You have to do it sneakily, but you can sway people the opposite direction to the rebel, uh, the, the rebel area. Um, and then the ending is like the rebels overthrowing the government and, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, in each character, you know, each of your, you know, like writers also have like their own little story going on too. Like I said, it was interesting, not really fun, but it's something that I was like, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was fine. You know, it was good. I, I also gave this a three out of five for different reasons from concrete genie, of course. Um, but you know, it was a fun little playthrough. I'm glad that I did it. I guess I could say. And uh, it's weird that it's being taken down from storefronts. So if you want to check it out, you got to, like, go now. <laughs> like, the day that you're hearing this, like, go now to GOG and, and try that out. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to what's in the news. All right. The hot topic right now. Should you be placing your PS5 horizontally or vertically? Um, apparently it's come out uh, from just like, you know, maybe a couple of tech people on Twitter and stuff like that. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what they've done or anything like that. I'm just trying to put it into basic terms here. Uh, there's a person on Twitter who was kind of like a tech guy. Um, he suggests that you should be placing your PlayStation 5 horizontally instead of vertically. Uh, why is that, you may be asking? Well, he discovered that um, liquid metal that they use inside of the PS5, if you have it vertically, can leak onto like the CPU and the APU, causing your PlayStation to be essentially fried. Now, don't freak out, okay? Don't run over to your PlayStation right now and throw it horizontally like I did. Because if you read a little bit further or maybe go through a couple comments and see things from other people, the the part that holds that liquid metal in place needs to have taken damage. So you need to, you know, drop your PlayStation essentially, or something hits your PlayStation at the right in the right spot, or you know, something something needs to happen to your PlayStation physically in order for this to happen because it shouldn't happen any other way now if you want to be the have the safest bet possible just keep it horizontally it doesn't matter which way you know upside down right side up it should be fine um if you if you really really want if you're really you know concerned about it, just keep it horizontally no matter what um but it is a i mean it's one of those things it's like yeah if you drop your playstation obviously things are going to happen um and so it's apparently you know if this casing for the liquid metal gets you know cracked or broken it can cause that liquid metal to leak out and you know essentially ruin your your motherboards and the parts inside the machine now obviously people have been saying like yeah it's just a bad design uh for for the console you know liquid metal people have been saying that they've been trying to take liquid metal out of 
you know, computer parts and stuff like that for a long time because this stuff can happen. And obviously this might have just been a cost-saving measure for PlayStation to use liquid metal. I'm not, like, super into, like, the techie part of things. Obviously, I, I can just kind of go off of what I know. Um, but I, I would like to say, you know, yeah, maybe maybe you should put your console horizontally. Maybe. Um, but unless something truly heavy hits your PlayStation, drop from a height, gets knocked over, and you hear it a loud bang, you know, I, I'm sure you can keep it vertical. And I'm almost 100% sure that PlayStation will fix your console if that happens. And maybe in future versions of the PlayStation, I'm not saying like a PlayStation 5 Pro or something like that, maybe just in future releases of the console, they'll update that, maybe change how it works a little bit, maybe make it a little bit more sturdy so that it can't be uh, broken as easily, I guess. I don't know if it's super easy, but I haven't tried personally to knock my PlayStation over. Uh, and I move it around a lot too. Like I'm constantly moving up and downstairs for streaming and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't think this is something that you should be freaking out about like I did when I first learned this information because I've been using my PlayStation vertically since I got it. And you would think that if it is a manufacturing defect, the earlier the PS5 model, the more likely it is to happen, right? But no, I have not had this problem. I think this affects like maybe 1% of consoles. Um, so if you do have your console vertical, don't run and throw it horizontal just to, you know, just to you know, pre you know, prevent something that's probably not going to happen. But if you are someone who really, truly is concerned, maybe you have knocked your console a little bit, or maybe something has hit, hit it, or maybe you have accidentally dropped it, or maybe your cat came over and rubbed against it, and it knocked over, and it fell off the table, and it still runs, probably put that sucker horizontally from now on. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like we would have been hurt hearing about this a lot sooner if it was a huge problem, and I almost feel like the person who put out this tweet, even though they're putting out good information, uh, it does seem like they, they did, the uh, they did, you know, crack it open, and they tried to break, it seems like they tried to break it with a little bit of force and see what happens, right? Uh, so I, I'm, you know, they probably did it for scientific purposes, obviously, which is respect, you know, if it's fine, that's fine, you know, I don't mind. I'm glad that the information is out there, and hopefully PlayStation will maybe retool the design a little bit to make it a little bit more safer, maybe take the liquid metal out, maybe maybe reinforce the casing around it so that it's not broken easily. I don't know if it is broken easily. That's the thing, though. You know, how many times how many how many times can you think about that? You know, something's something's happened to your PlayStation and then it's it runs fine. I don't know. That's up for you to decide. That's up for you to decide. If you don't have the room then just keep it vertical at this point. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but I mean, I think that this is a very niche thing. And of course there are a lot of bandwagoners who get on this and be like, Oh, and that's why I don't do use PlayStation. That's why I didn't get a PS five. It's like, no, you didn't know about this a week, you know, a few days ago. You, if you don't want a PS five, that's fine. You don't need to really justify. I, I think that's a big thing here. I'm going to go on a tangent. I think that's the main thing with a lot of people who criticize things like the design of the PS5, the look of it. Same thing happens with Xbox, too. You know, Xbox series and, that, and stuff like that, and even the Switch. You don't really need to justify why you don't want something to everyone. You know, if you don't want a PlayStation, if you don't want an Xbox, if you don't want a Switch, if you don't want a gaming computer, if you don't want a Steam Deck, if you don't want a, a VR headset, that's good enough. 
just say I don't I just don't want it. I'm just not interested in it, you know? You don't need to jump on these threads and go, "Oh, this is the reason why I don't want a PlayStation." This is the re-. it's like who who really cares except for yourself, right? And a lot of the time it is just bait for people to be like, "Oh, let's 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 argue with this guy." It's fine. It's fine. If you don't want a console, it's fine. I understand seeing stuff like this maybe makes you think a little bit harder about why you don't want the console. But if you already don't want the console, this, I mean, it's a, it just, this is something that's like point, you know, less than a percent of consoles being affected by this. And in those affected, in those affected percentages, I think like half of them were, were hit or dropped. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> yep. This is the reason why, you know, it's like saying I didn't get an Xbox 360 because of the red ring of death. Oh, actually, no, that's actually, that was actually a major thing. Let me think of something else. <laughs> that was actually a major thing. Um, th- you know, I don't know. Never mind. I, it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, if you, if you want to throw your, not throw it, gently put your console into horizontal position, if you're concerned, if something has happened in the past, if not, you can probably keep it vertical for the rest of its life and it'll be fine. Um, but, uh, don't quote, no, don't, don't put, no. I'm don't put me on the line, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can pro- you're probably okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else Sony related. The Sony had like this um, showcase, I guess you could call it, uh, a show where they showed off many different things coming to the world of PlayStation in the future in this year actually. Uh, one of those things was the Gran Turismo trailer there was a trailer uh david harbour and orlando bloom uh talked a little bit about the movie and uh, they showed some clips from the movie and it really does seem (laughs) strangely close to the game and how it looks uh you know the the angles on the cars and stuff like that uh the cars actually driving along the track and all that it seems pretty accurate but then again it's like okay how i mean how else do you do a Gran Turismo movie than having, you know, having like a rookie car racer who's trying to prove himself, right? And, you know, how else are you going to do a movie like this with cars and racing? You know, you got you to gotta get those action shots. You got to make it look like they're, they're truly in peril, you know? Um, but, I mean, for, the, for what it's worth, seems like it's going to be pretty good. I think that the, the story, like the, the story about the rookie and his, like, girlfriend or whatever i mean it's based off a true story apparently mixed in with the gran turismo universe i guess you could call it um (laughs) i don't know if that's gonna be like cringy or not i don't know this might be the first playstation movie like sony movie that has like a playstation property in it that's good uh i'm hoping because uncharted was pretty bad and the ratchet and clank movie was also pretty bad so you know i do have some hopes for this but i don't know all right, talking about the the PlayStation VR now, uh, Gran Turismo will have a PSVR 2 update, allowing you to feel like you're inside of the car. Um, I don't know if they mention, like, wheel support, <laughs> like the, the the PlayStation wheel. I'm guessing it'll it'll be supported for this game. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the last game, Gran Turismo Sport, I believe that was the last game, had PSVR features as well. Um, but obviously... The new PlayStation VR headset is much more um, 
it's it's much more versatile and it doesn't require all the different things like the camera and the and the controller you know the the, the freaking motion controllers that had the balls on them and you know all the different wires and stuff like that there's just one wire from the headset to the console um and i think that they're gonna be able to do a lot more with this you know i know there's still a lot of people who are like oh why can't we get a, he a wireless headset i think it's because the playstation 5 will still be doing the processing and 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 stuff like that the the vr is essentially just going to be motion and you know of course the the screen as well um so you know you gotta think about it that way you know the the the, the console itself is going to be powering the, the headset and it's not going to be just like the Oculus where everything's built in. And I'm sure they could do that, maybe, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's... I mean, one cord? I mean, I don't know. One cord? Doesn't seem too bad. But then again, that, it just, it, that might go back to what I was ranting about before. Uh, also, there will be more than 30 games at launch, apparently. Um, they kind of went over some more that were uh, going to be day one releases. So you have Fantavision 2202X. Uh, 2MD VR Football Unleashed All-Star. Uh, no Man's Sky will be a compatible with the PlayStation VR. The two Moss titles will be revamped for the PlayStation VR. Um, Song and Smoke will be available on there. And then, of course, uh, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners Chapter 2. And then they also announced that Beat Saber was designing a game specifically for the VR as well, the PlayStation VR 2 as well. Um, so, it, and also if you purchased any songs from the first game, I believe they will transfer over and be available on the Beat Saber PS5 version. So that's pretty nice of them. Uh, and then finally, Sony revealed a new, uh, accessibility controller that, that they're working on called Project Leonardo. And I understand, I understand why they, uh, called it the Leonardo because it kind of looks like one of those, um, tanks from Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> Or brother was a brotherhood, or Assassin's Creed Two, uh, and essentially it's a um, it's a it's it's a round controller with a joist a big joystick on it, uh, and all, uh, in, around the controller are all the different buttons you might need, and I believe that they are all like you know configurable so you can change the location of them, but they're big buttons. There's a center middle button that they have right now is like square or whatever. And then, like I said, there's a joystick. And then I believe that the, there's like a black center here that is touch. So you can, you know, you can just touch it instead of just having one joystick, obviously. Um, but this is a good step in the right direction. I mean, Sony doesn't have a, uh, like a, an accessible controller for people with like cerebral palsy. Oh my gosh. Cerebral palsy and stuff like that. Um, you know, different different uh, disabilities that can hamper them from using a, a regular controller. Um, so you know, this is a this is a great step in the right direction. Um, I I do I don't mind the, the design of this um, compared to the Xbox controller. I like how the buttons are bigger and they look like they're easier to get to because I feel like on that Xbox accessibility kind of thing, you know, obviously there's the two touchpads for like aiming and, and movement, right? Um, but the other buttons are still kind of small. So I like that this has big buttons all around it, you know? Um, and yeah, like I said, the, all the different buttons, they're all configurable. You can change them to whatever you need to change them to with changeable plates and stuff like that. Um, and of course there's the big joystick on there and you can actually use two of them at the same time if you truly want to as well. Um, so yeah, this is just a, a way of expanding the gaming horizons for more people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. What can you say? It's good. All right. 
Deathverse, Let It Die, is going offline. Uh, it just released last year, uh, the free-to-play model. It's like a brawler, battle royale, something or another. <laughs> um, and essentially, the game is being taken offline uh, this coming year on the 20... I'm sorry, the 18th of July? So it's going to be a little while before it actually gets taken offline. Um, but the studio revealed that it's pulling the PS5 and PS4 versions of the game to redo uh, some some of the uh, major criticisms about the game. So they want to improve uh, the lag in, in the servers. They also want to improve the matchmaking time in general. Um, and it looks like they're also going to be revamping the in-game currency as well. Uh, so... The premium currency is going to be pulled from the store on the 7th of February. And like I said, the servers are going to close on the 18th of July. So if you're playing the game, you know, obviously you're going to experience some uh, some stoppage to that. They don't have a determined date when it's going to come back. Uh, they just said, we got to revamp this. We got to redo this. We got to retool this. I, I did watch a video about Deathverse not too long ago. And essentially, I mean, the guy was liking it. He liked what he was playing, but... Like he, like I said before, the the time to get into a match was abysmal, and the and and just how just the lag in the games was 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 uncontrollably was was unbelievably bad. So yeah, hopefully once it gets back put back in the oven for a little bit, revamped. Hopefully after that it'll be a better experience. Um, I I mean it seems like it's a fun experience. It's just not well designed right now. And finally, for the news today, a new screenshot for The Last of Us multiplayer game got released because the series surpassed 37 million units sold across their two different games and DLC. Uh, well, technically, it's—I mean, you know—you have three versions of The Last of Us Part One. You'll have—you'll have—you have one version of Last of Us Part Two. You have one DLC pack that could be bought, and then eventually they're probably going to do a PS5 version of The Last of Us Part Two. But anyway, uh, essentially this new screenshot. Uh, you know you know how much I love cruise ships, right? <laughs> no, I hate cruise ships so much. Well, essentially they, they showed a, a cruise ship at, at a port, and there's two people walking towards it. Um, it might have crashed, actually, into the, into the, into the side of the, the street or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's like a run-down cruise ship and stuff like that. Uh, there's a few buildings here or there. Maybe it looks like a mall, maybe a bit of a mall. But uh, you know that's one thing that uh you know would be cool is if they if they mapped out an entire cruise ship on this like battle royale map. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a battle royale. I think everyone kind of thinks it's gonna be a battle royale at this point. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll probably have like AI monsters and maybe AI people like the DMZ and Warzone maps. Um, so if they go off of something like that, I think that it might take off a little bit. <laughs> but until we see actual gameplay and what the game is really about, I'm not gonna pretend to be interested in it. Uh, but I just did, I did want to say like this, this screenshot, pretty eerie, pretty cool. I, I like the aesthetic of like, you know, I've, I've always liked the uh, post-apocalyptic stuff, especially Last of Us, you know, Last of Us Part 2 and, and 1 did so, did such a good job of like designing a world that looked like it had been abandoned for a couple years or, you know, several, you know, several decades, you know, I love that, love that a lot. So um, this is going to be more of the same with the with the aesthetics, so I'm I'm kind of drawn in. Um, but we'll have to see what the game actually is before anything else. Let's move on to what's coming soon. 
World War Z Aftermath is getting its free PS5 upgrade in 2023, and it's going to be coming on the uh, 24th of January. So on the 24th of January, anyone with a PS5 version of World War Z uh, will be able to upgrade their copy to the PS5 version uh, for free. Um, I believe you have to have the Aftermath version of the game. You can't have the original version of the game. I don't know if there is a difference, honestly. Uh, but anyways, it's it's not just like a, a graphics update or something like that. There's a new Horde XL mode. Uh, the dis- developer described this as a... Um, as the same rules as the game's standard horde mode, but with a devilish twist. Scattered among the normal waves of enemies will be special XL wave bursts wave burst all over the map with a thousand plus hungry zombies ready for you. So, seems like they're just tripling the number of zombies that'll be on the screen with this. Also, in the free update, uh, this will be releasing it on all platforms. So, you know, Xbox Series and PC as well, they'll be introducing this. Um, there will also be new mutators, which will be put into the standard horde mode and the, you know, XL horde mode, along with devastating and deadly new weapons revamped and improved weapon progression system and more um so like i said if you own world war z aftermath then it's a free it's a free update um i think it's like a ten dollar upgrade if you don't have the aftermath version of the game but that is just me guessing because i i'm not sure um so yeah uh you know going back in time and thinking about world war z at the time, it was kind of fun. Um, I, I mean, I guess I enjoyed the one or two playthroughs that we did. I don't know. It's just, it's just like one of those things where it's like very, very monotonous. You know, I, I, I use that word a lot to describe boring video games, but that's just the, that's just the fact. You know, you go through these levels and it's just the same thing of shooting zombies and, and whatever, running away from zombies, and you start to wonder like, could we have done something a little bit more with this game the longer while we're playing? And you kind of wish that they did. But it's still a fun time. If you liked Left 4 Dead, you'll probably like this. Alright, Toy Soldiers HD has finally launched on the Switch. That's right. After years, it seems, of this game being trapped in some sort of development hell since 2021, the game has finally launched on the Switch. You can now play it... um, uh, I mean, it's it's just it's 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 toy soldiers. So if you know what toy soldiers is, then it's the it's what you expect. It's just an HD remake or whatever of the game, higher graphics resolution, stuff like that. Essentially, you take control of different like instruments of war, um, and you it's pretty much a a defender game. So you defend your base, your toy chest from being destroyed by various toys and stuff like that it's got like a world war one theme to it at the start and then you can have other toy boxes open as well like there's some more like more sci-fi stuff in there and and stuff like that so if you want to check this out it is available now um i believe it's like it's 30 dollars, which is a bit much in my opinion i've been waiting on this myself just because of the egregious price that they are trying to sell this game for um, so, you know, if you want to try it out, you can try it out now. I would definitely wait for a sale because I do not think it's going to be worth $30, but that's just me. Gears of War is coming back, folks, in 2023. Sound the alarms! Nope, nope, quiet them down. Because it's only a card game, there's going to be a physical card game being released, uh, that is in the Gears of War universe. So what does this mean? 
Uh, it means that uh, it's a card game, and it's a card game. Uh, let's let's see. Here's the description. Gears of War the card game offers an immersive way to enjoy Gears of War in a brand new format. In this story-driven campaign-style game, the decisions you make in each narrative scenario have serious consequences on the battlefield that follows. Strike at the right moment, making your cards work together, fight together, and stand together. And if necessary, die together. Choose how to develop your force as you play through unique narrative scenarios, each with their own objective and terrain layout. Each win or loss will affect the contents of your deck and ne the next scenario, allowing success or failure to impact your experience of the game. Will you side with the Coalition and send Marcus Phoenix and Dom Dominic uh, into the action? Or will you command the Locust Horde and unleash the awesome power of the monstrous Brumach? Throw frag grenades at hordes of wretches? Or bait a corpser into attacking you before striking it when it's most vulnerable? The choice is in your hands. Um, so, yeah, there you go. The card game will not be the first Gears of War project that, um, this company has worked on. I believe they also worked on the Funko Pop game? Uh, oh, no, 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 they were, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, re I read this wrong. Re reverse that. This is not the first Gears of War project that we've heard of in the recent few months. The last announcement was that the Coalition are teaming up with Netflix to adapt the video game into a live-action film. Uh, so that's our, that is believed to be in development right now, along with the sixth game in the series. Um, but yeah, this is a... I believe it's going to be a physical card game, but I feel like it could also be a virtual one as well. Um, it's not a video game. It's a physical card game. I, I feel like they should make this into, like, it's a card game that you can get physically, or you can play it on your console... I feel like that would also be kind of cool, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it sounds interesting, but, you know, they, they always pump this stuff up. You know, it's probably not going to be as cool as I made it sound. All right. Power Wash Simulator is also making its way to the PS5 later this month and the PS4. Uh, Power Wash Simulator was a big smashing hit last year in the indie world, in the simulator, in the simulation world. It launched on Xbox Game Pass and all that stuff, and lots of people played it. And now, if you have a PS5 or PS4, you'll be able to play it as well on the 30th of January, which is just a few weeks away. Um, if you aren't familiar with the game, essentially what you do is physical labor. <laughs> <laughs> you essentially clean houses, cars, uh, driveways, you know, stuff like that with your little power washing gun, um, you know, just more and more lucrative deals come your way, like you're cleaning pl planes and helicopters and and mansions and stuff like that later on, so, you know, it's just a little time waster game, little little carefree type game, you know, it's like a first person power wash shooter. <laughs> um, so yeah if you want to check that out it's coming the 30th of January um, and you can check that out if you want to and finally for today here's some games that are leaving Xbox Game Pass uh, so all these games are leaving uh, sometime around the 15th of January they're not sure exactly uh, so Dagon Rampa D Dang Dangon Rampa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition Nobody Saves the World Paparazzi the Anacrusis and Windjammers 2 are all leaving on the 15th of January. It sucks to see Nobody Saves the World go, because that was a excellent game this year. Definitely, definitely one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I, I just, I loved switching between the characters and using their different movesets and then combining the different movesets and 
you know, it was a fun time. I, th- I, f- I found it to be very, very much enjoyable. It even has a lot of side content and endgame content to to work your way through. And there's also that new DLC that came out that I have not picked up yet, but I probably should. Uh, Paparazzi, one of those kind of like goofy games that came out this year where you take pictures of dogs. You know, it's kind of cute, you know? If you want to check that out, I definitely recommend at least trying Nobody Saves the World and Paparazzi if you want to. And that'll do it for this episode of Ferris 64. I do appreciate you joining and saying howdy-do. Um, don't forget, next week is the top 10 games of 2022. If you want to check that out, that'll be coming out uh, probably around 10 or so, maybe more like 11. Uh, and like I said, we'll be doing a, a live reaction to that as well on the channel. If you have not submitted your top 10 list or your game of the year guess, Make sure you do that before the 13th of January, because that's when the cutoff is for that kind of stuff. Also, the um, my I, I, I recorded a video the other day uh, where I talked about every single game that I streamed and completed in 2022. I'm probably going to be doing a podcast version of that, too, so maybe check that out also. That should be coming out this coming week. It's a long video though. It's it's almost it's almost two hours long without it being edited. So I really gotta you know shorten some things up. I think it still will probably be pretty long though. I was just an idea I had and I thought you know what I, I wanted to do this last year but I forgot. So I do want to do it this year. So we'll see we'll see. Hopefully it will come out uh, sooner rather than later. It is going to be a pretty big <laughs> undertaking. Um, but yeah, and uh, also if you want to check out the other podcasts I do, Ferret NFL is also on this podcast network where I talk with Greedy Waffles about football and football-related things. Film Freaks with a Z, where I talk about movies with Tamation Studios, Callus, and Greedy Waffles. We do a single movie for each episode. The latest one was Grand Budapest Hotel, which was pretty fun. And uh, I sometimes do Fubar Ferret. We'll get back on that probably later in the year here. All right, anyway... I am Yemen the Fert. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. I'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and purexbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.